Hello everyone, today is December 23rd, 2022. My guest today is Michael Carroll. Michael is my good friend. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Michael. Absolutely, happy to be here. This is, is this the first in-person one? Between us? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think so. I love it. Yes. It's exciting. This is, I think, six or five. Five or six, one of the, I can't remember. Yes. But it's awesome. It is exciting. Yeah. Most of our friendship has been virtual i agree yeah i didn't think about that but it is that is crazy to think about outside of high school i mean it's really been what 11 years of just texting and keeping in touch and calling and yes which is crazy but yeah. that takes a lot of effort so that's really cool that we've kept in touch that way yes because it's not easy and i don't even think kept in touch and it also no. we weren't close we weren't that close in high school no so we got closer mm -hmm. through college mm -hmm. remotely after college too yeah we honestly haven't seen each other many times no that you're probably like i don't know if i had to put a number on it i was thinking less than 15 yeah maybe 15 yeah for sure since high school definitely 15 like probably around that number um but that is crazy and i yeah i've always thought we um yeah we weren't super close and then like college was kind of like we were going our own different ways and then reconnected afterwards and then have just kind of kept in touch and i feel like we've kind of grown the same way you know um, yes and are have the same interests with like health and fitness and um all of those things and i think that's helps keep friendships going when you're kind of growing in the same direction you know what i mean yes and what's crazy is how friendships can how when people have different values mm -hmm. those really come out like in high school before that even in college you just got i feel like you find yourself in some groups Maybe you have the same values. Eventually, you guys kind of form some similar values. But mm -hmm. if those values, you know, when people leave the groups, sometimes those values really fork. Yes. And the people themselves are not the same people. Yeah. Start to see. Well, and also, like, then you go experience other things and then you have and formulate different values that are different from other people, too. And, um, yeah, it's not a bad or a good thing. It's just life and i think that's why there are a lot of friendships that i've had that have like had like a really good like run and then it just kind of like somehow ran its course and it's not like a bad thing i don't have any hate for anybody or anything like that it's just like we've grown apart and that's okay uh, but it's cool that we've grown together in that way which is awesome cause it's, yes it's unique i don't think that happens a ton which is cool no it doesn't happen a ton how do you think you've grown in the last since college since college um wow i think being more um just emotionally aware one and then i think um starting to just care about i feel like for a long time i was so focused on my own self and like my own agenda and not anybody else's and then I think, um, probably say like 2017, I started to like really shift my mindset on that 
And I think that's been the biggest growth in my, my opinion. Um, just thinking about how, um, yeah, just, I think just thinking about how life is short and really embracing and enjoying the people who are around you and like making a conscious effort to show people you care about them and go out of your way to, you know, um, like when I'm in town, I want to make sure I'm seeing a handful of people that I'm like really still close with, for example. Um, so I think just small things like that, I think make people feel appreciated and then it's reciprocated as well. And then it makes things thrive. And it also helps to have that sense of community, which I think we've talked about a lot too. Um, Cause being alone is never, never fun. No. But I think for a long time I felt like I was alone because I wasn't as emotionally intelligent and I wasn't able to be as vulnerable and that then made me feel like I was alone. You know what I mean? Yes. In a sense. Yes. Did, did something happen in 2017 or was there a particular moment or a couple um, of months? I, I went through a big breakup. It was one. And I started to kind of like branch out and do things differently for myself um, and explore a lot more too. And also... Excuse me. I'd say like 2017 to 2018. Um, and then 2019 was a big change too. I'd say those are like two pivotal points. 2019 was when I had like my fitness journey and I lost all my weight and felt better about myself. Um, and then also made that change to go to Nebraska, which was like super random, but it was, uh, I think an important time for me to like reset and start over and, um, I think I've, I haven't looked back since I've like really been fortunate about the changes that I've made since then. Um, so I think, yeah, those are kind of like two pivotal points for me. What was going on when you were gaining weight and kind of before you made that pivot? I was making a lot of self, uh, I was doing a lot of self-inflicting, um, and uh, like causing myself to get anxious for doing stupid stuff that I, I don't want to d- dive into the details, but just like lying and um, not being truthful to people. And I felt like over time, those things added up and made me feel really bad about a lot of those things. Um, and I think, reading uh have you read david goggins book no i recommend it it's really good the, he came out with a new one recently yeah, i'm reading it right now too it's really nice good. but reading his book because i'm in the second one right now and he talks a lot about this is like at a certain point you've got to just like once you start to be transparent and like honest and open and like stop the bullshit of like lying and all that stuff there's just a sense of like your mind's just a lot more clear because you don't have to worry about um, the bullshit, you know, yes. unnecessary stuff that you don't have to, I don't know. Like, for example, I think the, um, one of the things, I know we're going to talk about the the year, but like one of the things this year that I think I've learned and really appreciated about myself was 
having like tough conversations, even though I didn't want to have them have been, was good for me because I don't feel like I left anything out there, um, for interpretation. It's like, Hey, I spoke my mind and this is how I feel and I'm not lying. I'm not avoiding, I'm just addressing certain situations. You know what I mean? It just, yes. I don't know, just help make me feel a hell of a lot better. And yeah, I think that's what I didn't do historically. And I think that's been a big, big change for me. That's huge. Yeah. For me, it's very difficult to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. It's uh, being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there are degrees of vulnerability. Of course. And sometimes it's just... I, I don't know. It's not easy. I had a few tough conversations, but again, it's I am not always the one to prompt those. Yeah. And I understand there's there's also levels of being transparent and being truthful and it's like carrying weight. Mm -hmm. The the less transparent you are, the less truthful. If it's blatant lying, then it's like adding baggage, mm -hmm. adding baggage. And, you know, you don't need to say, you know, start preaching gospel and yeah. saying it's truth and, you know, yeah. whatever. But lying is, it's very tough. And one thing I had this realization in college and even since college, like, you know, you have this realization, you make big changes, but still sometimes natural things happen like mm -hmm. you're very quick to react and you might react with a small white lie mm -hmm. you think it's not a big deal but the thing yeah. about lying is like you put a fabrication out there of saying you know oh i achieved this then by all measures and standards you've already achieved that yeah according you know so there's no reason for you to actually achieve it because you've put it out there. So anything that we lie about saying we've done mm -hmm. is it's going to make it, I feel less probable that we'll actually do it because yeah. it's just like, Oh, we've already achieved it. It was just that easy. You just say it. There's no reason to work harder at it. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, um, on the flip side too, of like lying about something you didn't do. It's like, you're just kind of avoiding confronting your mistakes and you're just like, no, I didn't do that. And, and then it's like, it, it's easier to just move on and not think about it, but then it helps or it hurts with other situations. Cause that's how you start to cope with things. You start to avoid and you don't actually address, like you said, the elephant in the room. And I think now it's just, it's so much easier, like you said, just to like address it. Let's talk about it and let's move on. Cause it just, yeah, like takes that weight off of your shoulders. Um, and it makes it so much better. So I a hundred percent agree with that. Yes. And although that's a huge step, it's not the only no. step. It's like, a, it's, it's small. a huge step, yeah. but it's very small yeah. in comparison to what, uh, you know, there still has to be a lot of work. hundred percent. And continual, like, it's continuous process. It never ends. What type of work, like, do you think that requires to continue to 
elevate that or like get to the next level of that? I think being aware yeah. is in practicing cultivating awareness mm-hmm. is probably the best thing because the lack of awareness and I, I don't know I don't know if we've spoken about this, but stimulus and response. I don't, I, I don't so. think no. so. But there's stimulus in the world. And this goes, I read a book, I forgot. It's called The Power of Habit. Mm-hmm. I think we may have talked about that book. I think we talked yeah. about it. But it's, it says that there's a trigger, routine, reward. And then I just read Near, Near Isle's book, which I forget the name, but it's also about creating and building. He says trigger, routine, reward. And there's a fourth part that I forget. It's something about logging or I can't remember that fourth part. I have to go through the book again. Logging meaning like documenting. Something like mm-hmm. that. Like some I'm not sure because he put it in the context of creating products. So he was like speaking about creating habit forming products. But regardless, if you just do the idea of stimulus and response, we all get stimulated by something, whether that be we see a red stop sign mm-hmm. or we hear our mom calling our name or whatever it may be we taste coffee that's too hot Mm -hmm. there's a response and if we're able to cultivate awareness and truthfully one of my favorite things is i used to right now i'm doing a lot of all my not all of it but a majority of my exercise with like a meditation app going in the background Mm instead of music Mm -hmm. because music one you have meditation a meditation app it's continually reminding you me to breathe which is huge it's a awareness cultivation whereas with music i know sometimes i get lost Mm -hmm. and but that's that's what i think i think and it just cultivating the awareness to separate separate stimulus and response. And I forgot what was your question. Like, what do you think takes that to the next level? Like the being, or and you talked about being aware. Yes. Um, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I, I think like you said, being aware is super super important. Um, and I think once you're, once you start to become aware, it's hard to avoid it if that makes sense like yes it's it's easy to kind of like oh wow um be more mindful and to your point like i think one um thing that i do a lot is like you said being mindful and like just looking at that curtain it's like that curtain is red and just like embracing the now of where we're at um and like taking a step back from all the other stuff going on but I, i like i like that breathing um i I stopped listening to music while i work out too i listen to podcasts mainly because i feel like it allows me to think yes about stuff um not necessarily breathe but like thinking about just other things that stimulate my brain while i'm working out i don't know it's i enjoy that um personally but i like that idea i think that's really cool um but yeah i don't know i think being aware is super important yes um and then I think reading, reading, that's 
also important exercise um, exercise just like trying to focus on bettering yourself every day and um reflection journaling for example is another one that i don't do enough of but when i do it i do enjoy like reflecting on the day or how things have gone i uh when i journal i genuinely feel like if i go into a journaling session with like a lot like just feeling with the cluttered brain Mm -hmm. and i journal i feel way calmer at Mm -hmm. the end it's it's I it's incredible. I you'd ex, I don't know what about just journaling. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to necessarily be you know paragraphs. It can be paragraphs. It could be just like bullet points, yeah. thoughts, like little reflection graphs or mm-hmm. something. But afterwards, I feel much better. It's like a way of like organizing your thoughts almost. Yes. Um, on paper, and then just spitting them out instead of just having your internal brain think about what you're writing it's like okay i spit that out and i actually said it and now i can like move on um yes and yeah just reflect on the day and like oh wow i could have done this differently or i did this really well um i think also too having gratitude is another one um of just like small things like thankful for something that happened into the day rather than like thinking about all the negative stuff that happened huge Um, because i think it's very easy to like be pissed off about a certain thing and just go down a rabbit hole about all the bad things that could have happened and should have could have done should have could have would have done all these things but instead just sitting like before bed i'll usually like have a thought and just like okay i'm really thankful for this today um we're happy that this happened um and it just helps your mind like go go to bed easier without all this shit going on about all this bad stuff or stuff you got to do tomorrow it's just like wow i'm thankful for this because it's not guaranteed that we have tomorrow um so yeah just taking advantage of those small things and small wins that you have in your life too small wins yeah and these things like gratitude it's it's natural to not be grateful Mm -hmm. it's like it's also natural to want to eat a bunch of Mm -hmm. crap food is it though I think so because yeah. we're like our mind thinks that we're going to go into a yeah you know it's always in that cave caveman mode cave woman mode where as much as you can yeah. because you might not know if you have it yeah. later down the line it's true and that's that's how I feel about gratitude too it's mm-hmm. like I don't know it doesn't work no. obviously and I think you know I used to be like we're animals humans are just animals and that's it we're sophisticated but Mm -hmm. we're animals and now i understand the you know kind of the essence of humanity like what it means to be human yes we're animals but we're extremely sophisticated Mm -hmm. to a degree that no animal other animal is even close even if whales and dolphins and octopi octopi have are very intelligent possibly more intelligent than us they haven't utilized they just they aren't able to do what we do yeah they aren't able to socialize and do things together the way we are Mm -hmm. 
and create what we've created. Create what we've yeah. created. Yeah, I think. I think uh, I agree with all that. I think humans are very, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, but yeah, we're still animals. Um, yes. And I, th- I think especially when you hear about some things that you realize that we are animals. Um, one one question I, I always kind of wonder is like, do you think um, that a lot or that people are like born like evil or like or is that just kind of like a uh thing that they learn it's like a learned behavior you know like I, I don't really know the answer to that but when i've seen for example i was with my friend the other night he has a brand new baby super just interested in like looking at everything and just so innocent right and it makes me feel like all that stuff has got to be learn behavior because I don't feel like a baby is just born mean or evil, but I don't know. I don't know. I I took a completely different shift, but um, I'm always curious as to people's opinions on that. I think it's a combination. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, I, I listened to a 25 hour podcast on Genghis Khan and the Mongolian empire. The second one I think Mm -hmm. was Genghis Khan. Um, apparently he was raised in like a really savage environment, like very savage death everywhere. And so, yes, he was, he was, you know, conditioned in a way where massacring a huge portion of the Asian continent wasn't that, you know, it was, it wasn't like what it would be to us. Yeah. And I feel that same way, you know, I have a dog and I, you know, she looks kind of savage, but I know like the coyotes that are out there are way more savage. Yeah, 100%. And they're just conditioned on another level of like life and death. Like she hasn't really seen life and death. Those mm-hmm. coyotes live life and death. Yeah. And... But I've also heard, so like, in Australia, or yes, in Australia, they have, a while back, I think right when they started to colonize Australia, they brought cows, and some of the cows, they were domesticated cows, but some of the cows were released, just, you know, they happened to escape, Mm -hmm. and within a couple generations, it didn't take very long. Those cows became, I think they call them shrub bulls, and those things are savage. Interesting. Those things are very savage. And so I guess the one thing I have to say is, yes, conditioning for the individual, but it doesn't take too long generationally for things to shift. Yeah, dependent upon living conditions and their environment and what yes yeah it's really all dependent upon that right so yeah i i think that's very similar to humans right um the world war one and world war two veterans compared to millennials and gen zers yeah yeah we're always and i'm sure you probably felt some of this maybe in a different country um 
but I was in the Bahamas and just, it's not like bad by any means, but it makes you appreciate where we're from. And I think a lot of times we take for granted being in America and having all the things that we have and the, uh, sense of, uh, uh, I guess the opportunity that we have here that a lot of places don't have. I think like I was on the beach in the Bahamas and there was like four year, three to four year old kids walking around, like selling stuff to people. And it was just like, that would never happen. Um, I mean, obviously if they were doing like a fundraiser or something, but like, I don't know, it just made you realize they're born and they start, got to start working for families and doing stuff that we don't have to do here. And it just makes you appreciate where, where we're from for sure. Yes. It's huge. Yeah. And you mentioned my travels. I've traveled to Africa and that was so obvious. It's like, you go there even you don't i mean we as americans like yes the economy's down Mm -hmm. yes things might not look like they did for our parents generation which was truly incredible Mm -hmm. like a really incredible time to be an american still i think is but that's the thing i still think being an american right now is an extremely good opportunity yes and there's a lot of things available to us as Americans that a majority of the rest of the world has no access to, no chance of. And whether that be like our education, our education is great, but it's a combination because there are places in the world that have very well-educated people. South Africa is a good example. Mm -hmm. South African, even the poorest people, not, I'm not going to say that, but you know, Poor people there are well-educated. They Mm -hmm. speak English fluently really well. But the economy isn't there. Iran is also another place where a large portion of the population is well-educated. They'll have a university degree. But there's no economy surrounding that education. Yeah. And so one thing, like, you know, we have an amazing education system. I think it's maybe it's kind of overblown how necessary and how many people need to be immersed within the higher education system. Meaning? Meaning we sell the idea that everyone needs a four-year degree to be successful. And it's not necessarily true. Agreed. And those are pivotal years. Yeah. 20, I mean, 18 to 22, those are pivotal years. If, If someone is you know considering a career where like for example i knew i know a lot of people who took those four years and did something that you know like nursing Mm -hmm. where it's like you didn't need to go into a four-year degree Mm -hmm. that's it nursing's a three-year degree and you know those four years you really didn't do anything that helped you out with the career you're gonna have so it's like just and i think now people are understanding that that like apprenticeships trade schools things that will give you skills that will give you a good paying job for um, you know the next 20 years so i have a um company that i work with um 
who is doing exactly kind of what you're mentioning. So they're <clears throat> it's a construction company and they're interning or they're starting with high schools. So they they have a college internship program that's really, really good and sophisticated. But now they're starting with high school kids and they're going and pitching like this idea of um, like starting January, as soon as they graduate in like May or June, they'll get a job for four years. Um, they'll help pay for a two year uh, education at a junior college so they can have their um, associates and get like something with um, construction, like some sort of degree there. Right. But also then give them like a, an internship and a job as soon as they graduate so they can start making money and get like a full-time job with benefits and all those things because of what you're mentioning. Like a lot of people are getting away from, um, or thinking about college a lot differently. And so he's trying to sell that idea. And I thought it was really interesting and a really cool idea that I feel like a lot of people are probably going to start to move towards, um, because they know it's not necessary to technically go to a four year degree. So I just thought that was, yeah, when you brought that up, I think, We'll see a lot more of that, I feel like, with companies offering some sort of something like that, I, 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 I imagine, I'm guessing. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a great program. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then I think they, they'll, they'll give like a rotational program. So every year they'll start like in the field and then they'll do like project management stuff and then they'll go to superintendent stuff and really learn all of the parts of the business by the time they're done with this program. And then they'll, as soon as they're done, they'll get like a full-time job offer with whatever they want to do. So that way they have experience with multiple things, which I thought was pretty cool. And they could make money within four years. Exactly. And they'll make money right off, right off the bat at 18. Um, that's huge, which is huge. Cause it starts your life off and still be living with your parents probably while you're going to, you know, get your two year, uh, associates so i think it's really cool but it, even if some people are in a position where they have to leave mm -hmm. that's i think you know that's good that's an alternative yeah versus just being told you have to go to school you have to go to four-year degree and yeah. you have to work towards having a four-year degree and you have to take out all these loans as a kid who you don't really know um, exactly what you're doing no you're just being told you have to take out all these loans and it's expensive and you don't realize we don't realize it yeah and there's so many people who are still paying off their loans today um it's just yeah it's not so i think it's a really cool opportunity it is yeah and yes so i'm you know and we in america are pretty we value e economy mm -hmm. we value commerce and luckily we're we have a government that i think does a pretty good job of maintaining the commerce mm -hmm. maintaining a position where free trade goes throughout the country that's a huge value for our government i think for a lot of other governments that's not necessarily the biggest value mm -hmm. and it's interesting that you know it, but going back to it, we as a, it can be very overshadowed for people in America. Yeah. And whether you go to the Bahamas, Mexico, which is right there, mm -hmm. Africa, even, you know, Europe, they're 
plenty, you know, if you compare opportunity for young people, I haven't really looked into the research, Mm -hmm. but even for people our age, like most people our age that I know have a pretty good job Mm -hmm. that they can maintain. Like the economy is good. Most people our age have a solid job. Yeah. Like whether that be as so many things for sure. And there's a lot more opportunity. And again, I know there's, like you said, there's probably a lot of research that goes into it, but like, yeah, there's a ton of opportunity I think out there to get a job. Um, and I know there's like a lot of companies that are laying people off right now. Uh, but I think there's still so many different opportunities, especially remote now too. Like that opens up a whole other wheelhouse of different opportunities that I don't think we previously had. Um, so yeah, I, I do agree. I think there's, there's a lot out there and I think we're a lot of times you look at all the negatives kind of going back to what we said earlier, but there's still so much more that I think we have than other countries like by far, by far. And it's hard. Like we've already said, recognizing that is huge. Yeah. Gratitude. I mean, gratitude for things like, you know, not getting hit by a car today. Yeah. It's small, like, or just even like I told you before this, I was with my family last night and just like having both your parents, right? Like, cause not everybody does. Um, and being able to hang out with them and be with them during the holidays, like small stuff like that. Like you're, you're not going to have. It's not going to be forever, so let's enjoy it while we can and be grateful for the time that we do have, you know, with them. Yes. So we talked about, you know, things we can do to – what was it? We we mentioned reading. Mm-hmm. We mentioned awareness. Gratitude. Exercise. Journaling. Journaling. What else? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Um, meditation. Yes. How how was your year this last? So we're this is December twenty third. Mm-hmm. About eight days left in the year. How was your twenty twenty two? Yeah, twenty twenty two was uh, it was a lot. Just travel. Just I feel like I traveled a lot, but this is the first year that we got engaged. So. Um, Planning a wedding was a lot, and it's been it's been a crazy experience. Lexi is taking on the blunt of that, so I got to give her all the credit. But it's still stressful, nonetheless, of just coordinating and trying to figure out who's coming and where it's going to be and the cost and all that stuff. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, in February, we did um, seventy five hard, which. Uh, I think we talked about that, but that part of that challenge was like, don't drink for 75 days. And I think that was like the biggest time where I had like a lot of growth. Cause I think for a lot of times, and I know we've talked about this in previous podcasts, you felt, you feel like you have to drink to fit in socially. And I think I found that you don't one and two, my body just felt like so much better. Um, so I think that was a really cool and unique experience because I think for a long time I 
would use that as kind of like a a way to just get a little bit more comfortable, easy anxiety of social anxiety that naturally everybody has at like functions or when you're out somewhere or whatever it may be. So to like not have that as a crutch was different, but it was also very nice to like wake up and not feel like crap. And um, so that was fun. And then I also did, I think we did like a, it was like clean eating for 75 days. No, like, restaurants or no any of that all cooking at home that was like just my body just felt like the best it's ever felt at that time um so i think that was a really cool experience that we're actually going to try come january 1st again just leading up to the wedding um but yeah that was i felt like that point though shifted a lot of like my um like my mental of like all right, I'm shifting from being this 20-year-old to, okay, now I'm thinking about a wedding and I'm thinking about maybe kids in the future and potentially buying a house and all of these things. So I'm like, it was kind of like a really good challenge to do at that point because I think for a long time, it's like, just let's just have fun, right? Let's just enjoy being young. But now I'm starting to think about planning and um, so it was a really good time to go through that experience and like okay i gotta get my shit together um not that i already didn't but just start to really think about planning for my future and my life um with lexi so yeah i was really happy about that and then we did a lot of traveling so we went to california and then we did uh my parents came out to chicago we did our wedding tasting um what else did we do Went back to California twice and then Dallas for a wedding. And then I went, we went to Florida, went to New Orleans for work, uh, Cleveland for work, Baltimore for work. There's a lot of, there's a lot of traveling all that to say that was probably one of the busiest years I've had. And I think in reflecting probably won't ever do as much traveling as I did this year. I think I counted, I think there was like 25 or something flights that I had this year. Wow. So I'm like just burnt out and excited for like my routine to come back starting January. Um, but it's, it's been fun. Like it was a good, good, okay. It was a good experience. I'm happy we did it. I feel like we're at this point now of like, all right, we got a lot of this out and then we're going to get married. And now it's start to think about like, all right, the next phase of kids potentially. Um, so it was a really good year to have right before we get married. Cause it's been, it's been a lot, but anyways, I said that all to say, I think it was like a year of realizing, realizing like we're not getting any younger. We got to really start to plan our lives. Um, so I think a lot of what I've always done is just lived day by day yes. and just kind of like, figured out things as they come um, and not really planned for what we're doing. Um, but now it's completely different. So I don't know. Uh, does that answer your question? Is that what you're looking for? Or what were you, what was kind of like your, the idea behind that? Just like reflecting on the year. Yes. That makes uh, sense. And especially the not letting the day by day yeah. go by 
I mean, you don't really have bad habits. I mean, I'm sure you do. We all have yeah. bad habits, but you don't have like self as self-destructive habits as some people mm -hmm. who do not do any reflection, yeah. who do not look back on their day, who kind of do take it day by day. And I mean, the years go by. Yeah. It my I just got a, um, a picture from my uncle. It was nine years ago with Madison and myself. And I was like, holy cow, like it's been that long already since that picture. It just made me realize like, yeah, time's flying. Um, we're not getting any younger. We're only getting older. And yes. I think, I think we've talked about this too, but also putting an emphasis on health even more so yes. and, um, body movement and like stretching. And you talked about this earlier with your couch, like trying to avoid just sitting all the time and trying to just move your body stuff like that. Cause I think as we get older, like people are going to start to get older and like, Oh, you know, you're 40 years old, you're 50 years old. That it's just going to be, I don't want to be that way. Like, no. I don't, I don't want, I want to try to avoid that as much as possible. Naturally there, there's going to be things that as we get older, we're just going to feel older. Right. But I think there's a lot of things we can do to avoid feeling that way. And that's what I want to do and fixing ailments like, like my knee with that knees over toes guy was, was awesome. It was like, wow. I can actually do things to fix my body um, or stretching, um, wearing better shoes for your feet. So your feet don't hurt as much like small things that I think we don't really realize we can fix small ailments um, is something I'm 100% going to continue to do as I get older and age because it's not going to get any easier. No. And I think there's one thing that you and I relate on mm -hmm. is uh, taking responsibility of everything around us. Mm -hmm. Granted, we don't have full responsibility. Some things are out of our control, yeah. but not everything. Yeah. And if we acknowledge that not everything is out of our control stoicism mm -hmm. we both got into stoicism within the last couple of years find determining what is in our control out of our control another thing we've talked about is you're a raiders fan i'm a Chargers fan we're st still fans of mm -hmm. our teams but not the way we were a few years ago yeah and it's because we have no control over those games yeah both of those NFL teams have been playing pretty poorly for the last decade. Yeah. And plus. Plus. Yeah. And it's tough to care yeah. about. I mean, you have absolutely no control either. You can't even yeah. say I put it all out there because you haven't done anything. We haven't done anything. Yep. I no. Yeah, I. That's been a big one. Um just sports in general, really, I feel like. I mean, I, I watch sports. Like, I watched the World Cup final, which was awesome, by the way. Did you watch it? Oh, yes. That was amazing game. Yes. Um, I'll watch stuff like that, and I'll watch, like, you know, the finals and World Series, Super Bowl. I'll watch football. But, yeah, I've, I've stopped 
making or revolving my life around that stuff because like you said there's nothing we can do um it's fun to because it's like a pop culture thing to be a part of and you want to know what's going on but yeah you can't control anything so it's just there's no reason to get pissed off about it no because there's not anything you can do i mean as as like a joking fan i'll be like oh the raiders they suck but like i'm not hurt by if they don't do well you know it's just like well there's nothing you can do and it it's a waste of your energy yes because you can put that elsewhere into bettering ourselves yes exactly which is you know like going back to it we're even i think before we were taking responsibility and now we're like even more so as you say we're getting older Mm -hmm. you know people are oh you're 40 now i had some friends say oh you're 30 now it's gonna start Mm -hmm. deteriorating like dude I've still hit the gym every day. I'm mm-hmm. still like actually probably moving more now than I did twenty ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna be like out on the NBA court, yeah. but th- it's still good. Yeah, and it's all in my control. It's like sacrifice. There's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, to anything, whether that be our body health. You made a huge sacrifice. Seventy five days. That's very difficult. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, you have to. You can't go out to a restaurant. That means you have to go make food, buy food. Can't go out. There's a lot of social things. People want to go to bars. Mm -hmm. People, you know, and you have to. Even if you kind of are saving money by not purchasing it, there's still some sort of sacrifice there. Yeah, I I did, which was also interesting because I thought like I'm never gonna. I don't want to go to a bar if I can't drink. But I was like. Actually, like, it's not that bad. Like, your friends, especially if your friends, like, it's another thing is, like, not being pressured into that stuff. And if you are, then you probably shouldn't be around those people if you feel a certain way. Like, but anyways, um, yeah, just, like, my friends are all, like, oh, yeah, no worries. Like, we can do something else. Or um, if you don't mind coming, like, you don't have to drink. Like, everybody was always supportive with that, which I thought was cool. Um, didn't make me feel any sort of guilt towards not drinking, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think there's always gotta be a level of sacrifice if, and it can't just be easy to get what you want. Like you've got to give up something or yeah, just sacrifice. Um, but yeah, I think going back to what you said with like some of those changes of getting older, just I think on top of and going back to reflecting too, I'm bouncing around ten different areas, but having um like difficult conversations with people was also another part of like this year that I think I've really I've realized like I rather have these conversations and um tell someone how I truly feel and hurt someone's feelings or maybe like not necessarily hurt their feelings, but just be truthful. And if that hurts someone's feelings, like I'm sorry, but I've got to speak my truth because it makes me feel better. I'm never going to be an asshole. It's not, I'm not going to deliver it in a mean way, but just, I, I want to speak my mind always. Um, and I think that's a big part of growing up and, getting older as well because i think there's yeah 
I don't know. We've, we've, we've beat this dead horse, but I just kind of thought about it again as like a super big part of 2022, I think, in reflecting. Acting in, in accordance with our values. Yes. Because it's really easy to just forego that and say, oh, the group's values seem to be this. Mm-hmm. So I should just do this. It's like, no, that's a David Goggins. He, you know, he aligns his actions with his values Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter he won't doesn't care Mm -hmm. about anything besides just his values and you know aligning whatever he does with that yeah i on that note i'm reading his book and he uh talks about how he reads comments sometimes or he he doesn't read comments but sometimes he'll like go through and he'll like said he takes a screenshot of all of the comments and then he said he put together in a screen or from all the screenshots a mixtape and he wrapped all of the the things that people like would tweet at him or something like that that were mean <coughs> and he plays the mixtape on repeat of all the stuff that he <laughs> he people said and i just thought that was funny um just like not caring about that stuff and like you said living to your value and using that as like Fuel. Fuel in a way, too, which I thought was funny. It's incredible. That guy's insane. He's nuts, but it's very really, motivating. Yeah, it's really cool, though, to see, like, yo, you can um, make them bigger right here on top. I got it, I think. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Um. Yeah, but I think from the outside, everybody sees him as this hard dude who hasn't like like why are you doing this stuff like i think the one thing that reading his book and just listening to he's on rogan recently too he's like i have to face my inner bitch all the time like i don't always want to do these things like i'm still struggling with because i'm still that person who was 300 pounds and who was going through all these things like i still have to face that on a daily basis it's not just like all of a sudden I'm, I'm a hardened person that goes on hundred mile runs. Like I have to internally battle that every day. I think that was like a cool thing to, to hear. Like you're not just going to be fixed once you get to a place with where you're at. It's a constant, like you have to keep working and keep trying and keep being mindful of the person that you were and the person that you want to be and continue to be. Um, I thought that was like a really cool, like, okay, he's, He's a human, you know, he's my, from the outside, look like an alien because he's a freak of nature, right? But he's a human too. Yes. And even decades in, he's still saying that. Yep, exactly. Which is awesome because it's like, it's never, you don't, you're never just going to rest your feet up and, you know, sail off in the sunset. Like, okay, I accomplished it. Right. But I think that's something he battled with, um, with his first book, it's like he got all these copies sold and was pretty famous doing all these book signings. And he's like, I kind of like for a second went back and thought about coasting and like I was struggling with that, but I had to realize like I need to go back and be Goggins. Like this is David that's speaking, who's the 300 pound fatty. Yeah. So I thought, I just thought it was like, it's cool to see that like, even him 
he's one that still battles with that stuff and you still have to keep working. Yes, that is good. Yeah. It's a good message to keep putting out there that sure. the work never ends. 100%, which I think a lot of people do feel like, okay, I've, I've reached the pinnacle, but I don't think there is a pinnacle. I think you're always got to keep working. Yes, and Tim Ferriss speaks about cycles, energy cycles, like how there's rest periods, and but you go back and it you know there's no i apply that to life in the sense of there's never going to be some beach mm-hmm. where you just go there i mean i don't think you and i could sit on a beach for too many days in a yeah. row we'd want to go do something mm-hmm. some people maybe not yeah i 100 percent like there's no way uh, for seven days I could do it and be happy or maybe even like a month. I'd probably be cool. But then I'm like, okay, now what? Like, I don't know. I, I think there's like a level of, um, accomplishment that you feel from doing things yes. and from like, even this, this podcast, dude, like, this is awesome. Like that you're doing this and you're consistently doing it and you're like making that effort to, do something for yourself. Like this is not for anybody else, right? This is, I mean, if people listen to it, I'm sure you're happy, right? But it's more so for doing it for yourself. Like that's such a cool thing. And I'm sure you feel a level of like accomplishment of doing this and being consistent with it. I can't, I'm not going to speak for you, but like, that's a good example. Like there's no one making you do this. No, but it's just cause you like doing it and it makes you happy. And, and it's like something that you can have out there that said, Hey, I did this. Right. And I think that is what makes life really cool when you can have those things to look back on and say, Hey, I did this, or I'm going to do this. I don't know. So to your point, sailing off on the sunset, it sounds cool, but I think what's cooler is like doing things and accomplishing things. Yes. And that is a really long term this the satisfaction is a long-term satisfaction Mm -hmm. have you i forgot what type where i heard this but i heard that there this framework that there are six types of people in this world two of those six are feelers in the sense of the way they feel is of the utmost importance to them and they mentioned that that is a that those two people are nearly completely opposite. One of them goes through the... One of them values short-term satisfaction and the other one long-term satisfaction. So, like, people who diet really, you know, well, you know, disciplined, yes, Mm -hmm. they are doing that because they want to feel good. But people who eat really hyper, what's the term? Hyper palatable, you know, really food that's hyper palatable food. Tastes good. Tastes good. Burgers, Mm -hmm. French Mm -hmm. fries, donuts. Short term. They're also doing that to feel good. 
but short term. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge, you know, it's very difficult, the long term. And you mentioned that's why you have to take advantage of the short term wins. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, eating chicken, rice, broccoli for a week tastes shitty. Yeah. But then you're going to be like four or five pounds lighter at the end of that week. Going to be a little leaner. You're going to feel better. And like, I don't know. You have to create a short-term win out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's, I've never heard of that, but it makes sense. And yeah, the short-term satisfactions are great um, in the moment. But then if you think about long-term, I guess, like what's the most important thing? I don't know if the answer is longevity, because um, maybe for some people it's not. But for me, that is. It's like I want to do this as long as I can, at least in a healthy way. And I don't want to. I don't want to get sick and have something happen where I, I got something I can control. So if I can control that, I could. I want to do what I can to avoid having things happen later and if i can do small things like exercise or eat healthy or make a better decision um drink a little bit less right or a lot less for example walk more walk more um those things all compound and then eventually you're going to see progress and you're going to be better off in the long term um my dad said he had a a client come over and the client brought his dad um and dad i think it was like he was like 73 so my dad's like oh man i i'm gonna have to like extra help exercise this guy who's like 73 he's probably frail dude was like jacked nice like 73 he had like awesome form with like his his weights and everything i was like that's that's so cool uh that you can get to that point because some people at 73 look like they're dying dying um and others are just like in such good health and it's really based on the decisions that we make now that lead up to a guy at 73 being able to do stuff like that um so i just think i want to be that person and not the dying 73 year old um and again i know there's things out of our control like we've talked about already but the things that are in my control, like I want to do what I can to control those things. Yes. And it's about longevity. It's about having quality life. Mm-hmm. You know, at a lot of people when they're in their fifties, they're like, Oh, you know, they look frail. Mm-hmm. They look much more frail than someone who's younger. And it's like, you looked at people like your dad, mm-hmm. Cameron Haynes Mm -hmm. it's like dude those guys are rock stars Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm trying to do it's not even just because of like you know being macho or whatever it's because they're living a better life at their age than the other people's lives at their age exactly it's much higher quality yeah I think a lot of people might misconstrue that as yeah being macho Um, but yeah, it's all about longevity and all about taking care of yourself. And yeah, at that point, being living a graceful, 
yes, graceful life in comparison to others who might be struggling because of things that they may have possibly been able to avoid when we're at the age we're at now, right? I think right now we're still at this point where we can get away with it, get away with a lot of things. Um, but Eat. that's starting to turn. Yes. Slowly, but surely. Um, and we're starting to feel like, okay, we're getting older. Um, our bodies can't take this as much. I mean, alcohol is a great example. Yes. Comparison to 21, your body could process it a lot better than you can now. Whereas now you're, if you have a, a night out, it's, it's tough if you drink a lot. Um, I think it's, it's a perfect example. Even food, like yes. now, like if I eat food and it's like not good, my stomach is just done. Um, so I, I feel like I can't process it as much as I was able to when I was 20 and, you know, playing football and could eat anything, could eat anything. thousands of calories. Exactly. But now it's like, you got to be a lot more aware. So I think, like you said, you're start, starting to turn. Um, but I want to get ahead of that turn and try to keep it in my control as much as I can. Yes. And that means sacrificing yeah. things that are out of the out of control. Yeah. Which for in the short term, like you said, like might be shitty because I might not be able to eat that burger or whatever it may be. But I think also, um, if you do eat healthy or when I do eat healthy consistently, I feel like my body craves healthy food. Um, it like it like it craves oh yes a piece of salmon or a piece of fish or whatever um steak or you know with rice or whatever something super healthy i crave like a really nice healthy meal as opposed to when i'm like eating for example when i was on that cruise there wasn't a lot of like healthy food i i did as much as good as i can but like you have a burger, for example, and your body just like craves that salt and yes. all that. And it's just, I can see how people get addicted to that stuff. But I think your body f uh, feeds off of what you put into it. And if you put in healthy stuff, you're going to start to like crave the healthy food, you know? Yes. And I think microbiomes, mm -hmm. I don't know much about microbiomes, but... Whenever I'm eating things, like like you said, it's more or less exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. I can, if it's all healthy food, healthy food, natural whole foods, my body processes those really well. Mm -hmm. And then you put in a really processed food and your body's like, whoa. Yeah. But I used to be pretty overweight in high school. Mm -hmm. And I would eat Del Taco, Taco Bell, Jack in the Box, and like my microbiome was different then mm -hmm. probably could take that way easier and like i think something like i mean that stuff's garbage so yeah. whatever i'm not sure what the transition would be out of that but our bodies are used to certain foods mm -hmm. and i'm not sure i don't even know even if you do have like a certain microbiome for fast food or if your body's on that like yes it might crave that but that could also be like a mental thing true like what's that word i don't know i don't know what you're trying to when get. we take yeah. a pill but it doesn't do anything but we oh, think it does um placebo placebo yeah. yes 
Yeah, it could be a placebo um, or just like, oh, my gosh, I want this food. I, f- I think, though, and I don't I don't know for sure, but like to your point about the microbiome, like I think there's some science there of like just the types of stuff that like sugar, for example, or salt, um, like your body does crave that because you get I think it's also dopamine as well. Yes. Um, like the dopamine hits you get from eating food. It's just like, and it's like, oh, this is great. Like, such a good, f- but then you get that crash afterwards. Um, so then you want to go back and eat that food again because you felt this high of dopamine or whatever it may be. So maybe it's partly that. I don't know. We're- I've heard the term mouth pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I really like that term. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like you're getting pleasure. Yeah. Very short term, and it's from your mouth. Yes, mouth pleasure. I like that. Dopamine, I believe it. Yeah. There's a lot of, especially with social media, there's so many like instant dopamine hits that people get today. Many. I think are not good. Pornography. Um, yes, pornography is another one. Like, there's just so, it's so easy to just go and find whatever you want. Um, so easy. And, if you're just bored going on scrolling on X, Y, and Z because you have nothing to do. I feel like people like, I remember when we were young, like before tech, like the phones or whatever, like you were just bored and you couldn't, there's nothing you could do, but just be bored. Yes. I feel like nobody's able to be bored today because you can go find something else, whether it is porn or whether it is, Twitter or video games or TikTok or food, food, so many different outlets. Um, I think that's, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And that's kind of where meditation and Mm -hmm. even not playing music when I work out. Mm -hmm. So I'll try and do like 30 to 40 minutes of working out. And that like, if you don't play music, it gets boring. Yeah. It's like, this is, you know, I want to start thinking about something random. So it's forced boredom. Mm -hmm. And that's like what meditation is. And it's like the stimulus. Like we're all overstimulated, you know. Too much content to take in now. A lot of content to take in Mm -hmm. for our jobs. I mean, both of us work remotely. So we're both at the computer for our job. Mm -hmm. And then... It's just a lot. Yeah. And with the phones, it's even more so. TikTok, Netflix, mm-hmm. everything. And we got the best thing. The two best things we've spoken about. I mean, exercise is one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Exercise, awareness, mm-hmm. education. Yep. I think... I think uh, meditation is also top of. I like. I don't. I don't do it enough, and I need to. But when I do, I always like. I'm super. I feel super good, and my mind's clear. Have you ever heard of a NSDR? No. What is that? It's non-sleep deep rest, um, and it's like ten minutes. But it's very similar to meditation. It's just slightly different. Um, I've done it a handful of times and it's best done if you do it like right when you wake up. 
Is did Andrew Hoberman speak mm-hmm. about it? Yeah. Okay. Could yeah. you explain it? I'm gonna butcher it, but um basically it's just ten minutes of like feeling all of your like body basically so it like kind of talks you through okay like feel and squeeze your feet or your toes or your fingers and like kind of walks you through all of your body and like okay feel like feel your knees right now and just like kind of your obviously your eyes are closed but it's kind of like makes you more aware of your body and breathing at the same time like that you're actually here breathing feel your body it just makes you more aware um going back to what you talked about it's a really good one i recommend you just google um on youtube nsdr there's a bunch of them okay it's a good one though <clears throat> nsdr yeah body awareness yes highly recommend what about we didn't talk about your year end review what year was your, yeah how was your 2022 my 2022 my 2021 was extremely strong. Yeah. It was a great year. I'm I'm I've had two really great years in my life. One was 2018, one was 2021. And uh 2022 I faltered a bit. It wasn't as strong for me. I was in a long distance relationship. I don't know if that was the best thing for me. Uh I've ended we ended the relationship and I made some mistakes this year, fell into some old habits. I took more authority mm-hmm. in August. I had to, you know, I was forced to speak, not forced. I wanted to, I needed to, but I was prompted to have the difficult conversations mm-hmm. in August, ones that should have been had maybe in February. Mm-hmm. And I started doing a lot of logging. Mm-hmm. I have a boundary tracker. Logging like like what specifically? Like my habits, mm-hmm. time, did I exercise? How did I you know, hit 30 minutes of exercise? Did I meditate? Did I watch pornography? Mm -hmm. Did I reach my three goals? There's things, and that's all being logged, and now I have to live up to them. Whereas, and I did this before in 2018, where I was logging everything, and I didn't do it in 2021, kind of lost a lot of awareness mm-hmm. lost a, but tim ferris says what gets measured gets managed and so that's huge like just having to at the you know maybe the next i do it every next morning i do my log like did i miss this boundary and yeah. sometimes it's like straight x's straight that's, red but you're holding yourself accountable yes and you're logging those things and saying okay did you hold to this today? And if not, gives you that reflection that we talked about and say like, why not? And then like helps you fix or work on it moving forward. Right. Um, in Gagad's book, he talks about uh, like if he's having a moment of weakness, he'll like put 
a recorder to his mouth and start talking and then he'll replay it and like listen to himself and like hear okay these are all these excuses that i'm telling myself basically which is i thought was really interesting um there's also i don't i'm not actively doing it but there's a book called bullet journaling if you heard of that yes yes could you explain it uh, again i'll butcher it but i'll i'll i have it i can send it to you i think you might being that you already track all of your stuff it's very similar like you're basically tracking all your habits and you track all your goals throughout like a month or two months and there's like a just really effective quick way to do it once you master it so to speak um but it's just like a journal and but you're logging everything from the day and reflecting on the day and talking about a plan for tomorrow. I feel like you'd really enjoy it based on what you just said of logging everything. I don't know what your, how you do it today. It sounds similar. Like you mentioned the check marks of X's and what you did and didn't do. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's interesting. But I'll, I'll sorry have to, to interrupt. check it out. I think you were still talking about 2022. So I'll let you get back at it. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a, and I traveled a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, my relationship, she lived in Mexico, so mm-hmm. I traveled to Mexico a bunch. Traveled to Chile, was there for five weeks. I think I traveled to Mexico one, two, three, four, five, six times this wow. year. Um, it was fun. Learned Spanish as well. Um, got pretty serious about some other things involving my career learned 3d modeling wrote a proposal and turned it in got rejected but the high over high overarching highlighting theme i feel like it wasn't as strong of a year Mm -hmm. for me because falling back into old habits and this year Taking more authority, being more serious, maybe not more serious, but taking more authority Mm -hmm. of my actions, taking more authority of, you know, not, you know, having those hard conversations. I mean, really, those so important. It's, I mean, so easy to put off too. So, I mean, it's again, like kind of natural. You don't want to do it because it's just an awkward thing, but then so much can be you know transparency is huge mm-hmm. and the lack of transparency i think is devastating yeah so it's similar it's having those hard conversations early is important mm-hmm. knowing where another thing is knowing where my values stand in accordance with the people that are closest to me mm-hmm. because there was Someone in my life who I feel didn't have as close of values, mm-hmm. didn't have even near as close of values. And you kind of have to walk away mm-hmm. because when you're, when you know, if it's someone that you see occasionally, it's not a big deal. Yeah. If it's one of the five closest people to you in your life, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And you have to be aware of your values the values of the people closest to you and 
make those align in some sort of way that works for for yourself for myself yeah i think i agree with that completely i think like just it's good to take a pulse check and like yes. okay where's everybody at uh like who's in my life who's close to me that i feel like like you said you talk to on a regular basis or you keep in touch with and do they fit with that which it sounds like a selfish thing and it kind of is but not in a bad way it's no. like you just have to do what's best for you and like you said as long as you have those conversations and you're kind of speaking your mind and give the other person the opportunity to speak theirs and speak your truth then like that's really all you can do like obviously don't be an asshole about it when you're having those conversations which i don't feel like you would be um but that's super important because then you you know where you stand and they stand and you can move on you're not having this weird sense of um unclear or i guess you get clarity i'll put it that way um either way of where these people stand right so yes that's good that you're doing that and um also like it's okay to not have a great year like like it's it's okay like it's not a bad thing and I know it doesn't sound like you're being super hard on yourself. I think you're reflecting, which is good, but um like not not every year is going to be the best years of our life, right? But I think as long as you can take what you did in that year and just try to improve upon it next year and take authority like you said and hold yourself more accountable to the things and your values that you really want to and want to accomplish. It's really all you can ask for because every year at the end of the day is a, a learning experience for the next till how death. many ever exactly we have. So yes, forgiveness, mm-hmm. but not, not excuses, mm-hmm. no blaming too. Mm-hmm. like you, I put myself in the position of a long distance relationship and that situation may not have worked out for me. Mm-hmm but there's no blaming there. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. Even if someone else has values different than my own and you need to separate, there's no blaming saying you did this or I did this. It's just like, no, we have different value systems, Mm -hmm. not even maybe close, but in a couple of things, they're very different and those are important things. So, it's just best for both of us to just walk away, mm-hmm. create more space in our lives for something that does align with our values. It is easier for us, mm-hmm. does align more with kind of how we want to live our lives. And David Goggins speaks, I mean, that's what he does, you know, no bullshit. Just put it out there. Yep. And he does it in a very, you know, in your face way. Mm-hmm. I can't do it that yeah. way. But yeah. still, I mean, it doesn't matter. He, he's not gonna putter around the situation. He's gonna do what he needs, what he feels he needs to do. Yeah. Well, at the, at the end of the day, you, you only have one life, yes. and you don't want to look back. And I think, like you said, forgiveness um, is important, but also um, 
yeah, not holding grudges and not like, like I'm sure all the conversations that I've had that have been difficult, like I don't hate the person or I don't like them any less. I still have a lot of love for these people because at one point they held a uh, important part of my, or it held up, they were important in my life at one point. Um, so I, I still really appreciate these people, but like you said, it's just right now it's different and they can go separate ways and that's okay. And I still care about them, but there's not space right now for them and for either of you. So I don't know. I, I, I'm right there with you there. So Michael, this has been episode 100. Wow. I'm excited to be number hundred. That's, where was what number we re, was the first one that we had? Do you remember? Three, three, so three to a hundred. That's insane that you've done ninety-seven of these since ninety-seven. And, and dude, you've gotten like so much more comfortable and confident. It's really, it's really cool to see like that evolution. Of, it's been what two years now, or how many years? I think our first one was in summer of twenty nineteen. Wow! So it's been three years. That's right. Holy cow. Because I, I did like eight or nine episodes mm-hmm. and then I dropped for like a year and then came back at it much stronger. That's awesome. It is. And I thank you for supporting me for yeah. all those 97 episodes. I think, you know, this is episode five or six mm-hmm. and uh, always you've been a good friend and uh, I appreciate, you know, this conversation even. Absolutely. I agree. And I appreciate you as well. And I'm happy I was able to support you. It's pretty cool to see. And I always talk about like, oh, yeah, I've done my friend's podcast like five, six times. It's it's cool to be a part of that. So I'm, I'm happy I was able to be a part of that as well. My guest today has been Michael Carroll. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Michael. Thanks, Karush.